Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome to the China Shop. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing better. Better now that I'm not clipping on my microphone? Yeah, I guess they didn't hear the first part, did they? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing good. Doing good. Excellent. Excellent. I am also doing good. Thank you for not asking. Come on into the shop with us today. (laughs) Sit back, relax, rage (laughs) against the hedge machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way around... Uh, trying to are we we're just smashing a full set now Kyle that's what we're doing I, I always thought I was smashing our way through a complete set of fine china not to a complete <laughs> set I always thought you were just trying to get through the whole set by yeah yeah know. we are okay well that's maybe that's what we're doing now it's it's good that we've been on the same page for the last year and a half <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialineptitude.com, or you can give one of our beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links in the episode description. I think that uh, latest Kevin episode uh, would be a great beginner episode. I think so, too. In fact, I, I think maybe we need to get him back and try to do like a proper beginner episode with him. Yeah, let's let's definitely pencil that in somewhere. However, beyond the beginning of beginner episodes, best place to be is our free Discord server. Kyle and I get on there every day with a lot of really awesome people sharing great strategies, tips, wins, losses, laments, joys. It's just an awesome place to be. It is free. There aren't any paid tiers or special access areas because uh, we don't know how to make money off of this stuff. And we certainly don't want to start with Discord. <laughs> I prefer to get big companies to pay us, not the listeners. Yeah, me, me too. Yeah, we, we see we're lockstep in the important things. Uh, when you do join that server, uh, as far as I know, we're the only Discord server that does this. You send us a private message with your email or mailing address and we'll send you a smash it yourself mug, shot glass. We got all sorts of swag. Uh, we'll send you straight from the shop. We're just really glad everybody's here. It's a lot of fun and it's always better with friends. Mm-hmm. Well said. All right. Thank you. Thank you. As usual. You got any great show news coming up, Kyle? Got uh, Rich Friesen coming back to the shop uh, next week. Really looking forward to uh, seeing how his book is going. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eric Mason will be after that. Then Anthony Vecino trying to get Cheeto Hunter for a spot at the end of March. There's uh, a guy on Twitter that trades futures that one of our listeners recommended we reach out to. Uh, Order Flow Labs Part 2 should be after that. So if you got questions mm. that you want us to ask Order Flow Labs, uh, shoot us a message. Uh, we'll make sure to get those asked for you guys. Uh, and other show news, uh, as part of our consequences for losing to random, we'll be Ugh. both watching Pastor with Team Mandalore next week. <laughs> so if anybody wants to get in on that and watch with us, uh, I think they should be able to find the, the details will be coming in the Discord. So another good reason to join. Yes. Oh, God. What are we getting ourselves into? Yeah. And... <laughs> Rayasaurus seems really, really excited to watch this movie. It's almost unhealthy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, at least uh, her excitement makes it worthwhile, right? I I would hope so. Should we read the movie plot? 
or go into it blind. Yeah, go 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 ahead. Let's let's hear what we're in for. Uh, after losing his parents, a priest travels to China, where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. First horrified by this new power, a hooker convinces him to use it to fight crime mm. and ninjas. Oh wow, <laughs> that's the fucking tag. that's the movie description on IMDb to fight crime and ninjas. <laughs> Does that imply that yes. the, the ninjas are not involved with crime? You're just doing it out of ninja discrimination? I don't know. I mean, ninjas are pretty shady to be. This is getting a little off topic. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, alienate all our ninja listeners. Where do you draw the line on crime? Like, there's a hooker, too, that tells him to do good with it. Like, why isn't he attacking the, the hooker? Maybe he does eat the hooker. I think we should make a side bet on whether or not he eats the hooker. Uh, but yeah, way off topic. Sit back, folks. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> we have got a theatrical, theoretical, therapeutic episode for you today. Plenty of market moving news, stocks on the radar, and more options than Russians currently buying cryptocurrencies. <laughs> that sounds like a teaser. <laughs> Yeah, you see, you see what I did there? Yeah, it's a twofer. Nice. It's, it's going to come back later. And and please, please reach out to us, folks. We do love uh, your messages, your comments. Uh, we love them on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Discord. If you're ancient, you can send us an email to the number two bulls at com. Or if you're uh, part dinosaur, like the Velocipaster, you can give us a phone call, 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe your memory doesn't make long-term memories and you're caught in a consistent reoccurring short-term memory loop as you try to figure out who killed your dead wife. It doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. Hint, it's you. It's you. You did it. All right, Kyle, I think that brings us to something I'm excited to get to today, the bet results. (sighs) Well, I went long on BP. This episode came out uh, Saturday when I, I think Friday when we made that, uh, recorded it to get that bet pick in. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday when uh, it was revealed that BP had a 20% stake in a Russian oil company that it was going to dump. Yeah. So my bet pick surprisingly held out till Friday before it hit my stop. And luckily it opened pretty low. So I only lost 53 cents. Uh, I'd opened at 28.53 and hit my stop at 28. So that brings my total to 490.71. Mm. So, yeah, not a good week for for BP. My pick went a little bit better. I had uh, CHK, Chesapeake Energy Corporation. They mm-hmm. opened the week at uh, 7505 and hit my take profit at, what, on Tuesday? Uh, yeah, that's pretty quick. They hit my take profit pretty quick of 80. I, I wish my original, I'd stuck with my original impulse uh, because they actually ended the week at 85. And impulse was half at 80, half at 85. Yeah, that that they are ending the week at all-time highs. Oh, uh, you didn't win enough? I didn't win enough. Um, <laughs> Cry me a river. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just excited because it's been a while since right out of the gate. I'm, I'm taking a lead. Uh, my t- brings my total uh, up to $532.98. Uh, random is nipping at your heels. It went with PEG that opened at $64.35 and <laughs> pulled up the chart to look at it. Like, God damn it, those are some green boner candles. Mm. It finished at $67.60, so random is at $525.25. Yeah, nipping right at my heels. Shit. Do good this week, Dan, because you're our only hope. Hey, yeah, you're still in striking distance. You're only down 2%. I don't know. I'm not liking my chances this week stick around to the end of the episode with us folks we'll have a new bet pick i'm sure i've got something up my sleeve that 
keep this money train rolling. But until <laughs> then, I think it's time to talk about some news. Well, we all know why we're listening today. The sharpest person with the week to replay. So sit back, we got some market affairs. Get some stories for the bulls and the bears. Clowns running companies, laws change overnight, here we are. It's time for China Shop News. Yeah, now, it's time for China Shop News. Ah, uh, well, most of the stories are about Russia. Should we start with something that's not? Yeah. Well, the Fed, Chairman Powell, has uh, pretty much admitted that he's wrong again. What, what about this time? About not acting soon enough to raise rates. Uh, he told the banking committee on, I think this was Thursday, uh, hindsight says we should have moved earlier, adding that we're going to use our tools and we're going to get this done. That's talking about with the uh, trying to fight the, the inflation. Mm -hmm. uh, eliminating transitory was the first time when I think they finally admitted that they made a little bit of a mistake when it came to inflation. So Fed track record with inflation so far has not been that great. No. It's part of the uh, uh, hearing in, on Wednesday with the House Financial Services. Um, he said that he was going to support and propose a 0.25% increase, which uh, I think that's what the consensus has been. Surprisingly, though, estimates from the Fed are projecting the economy can withstand short-term interest rates between 2 and 2.5% 2 before the policies would be considered restrictive. Uh, that wow. seems a bit high. <laughs> Certainly from where we're at now. Uh, so so we're pretty much just going to expect a quarter to a half percent increase here on out every, every meeting. I think half is now looking like it's a stretch. I think uh, the last figures, uh, I think Robert shared them with us in the Discord, was 90% uh, expectation of a quarter point increase. Part of the issues with what's going on with Ukraine, that the Fed has got to be you know careful about what they do. Uh, just with all the uncertainty around this whole situation. So, you know, they don't want to trigger uh, uh, anything worse than we've already seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they still have a $9 trillion balance sheet to unload on the economy too. Yes. And they still have been purchasing assets, uh, but that program is set to end this month. So, uh, the next step is going to be obviously trying to get rid of some of those assets. Tapering becomes trimming. What do you call that then at that point? Trimming. Is that the term? <laughs> Shrinking. <laughs> Shrinkage. <laughs> shrinkage. Oh, it's cold. There's Assets a lot of shrinkage. shrinkage. I swear it's bigger on my portfolio. I mean, that's what's happening to my portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> shrinkage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of, lot of concern about Ukraine for sure. Yes. And speaking of which, where do you want to start there? Well, I think uh, the S&P Dow Jones removing Russia stock, Russian stocks from their indices and stripping their country of emerging market status is kind of a big, big deal as far as sanctions go. Yeah, I would say that. Well, I mean, is it a big deal when Russia's not allowing anyone to sell them anyway? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's more of a formality at this point. I, uh, since you can't really trade these anyway, we're just going to go ahead and pull them. Well, I, it was it was changing the Russia the Russian economy's credit rating, right? Emerging economy status uh, pretty much locks in like there's there's no never going to be international money for Russia. Okay. And it it puts them like, I guess, two levels above default, which means everybody calls in their debt with Russia. So, oh, it's de okay. So it's declassified as emerging and now categorized as the standalone group, which puts it in level with uh, North Korea. And then below standalone group is default. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, that's not a great peer to be lumped in with. Yeah, not at all. 
So the the Russian ETFs they halted trading those on the the New York Stock Exchange, uh, F L R U E R U S and R U S L, uh, mm-hmm. citing regulatory concerns. It's kind of like the opposite of what happened with GameStop, like the turning off the sell button. Right. <laughs> Except this time it's a problem. Yeah, now it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, you right. can't, can't offload your Russian stocks. Um, and then, and then the, what goes along with that story is, of course, they, they halted Russian stocks on the London Exchange as well. But on, on top of that, mm-hmm. uh, trade insurers uh, are withdrawing from Russian risk. So companies that like will insure delivery of goods like importer exporter like oh i'm gonna send this shipment of goods to ukraine and i want insurance on it yeah you can't get insurance on it anymore so the all the the, the fuel and the ammo that they're mailing their troops yeah not insured anymore not insured anymore oh, too bad okay. <laughs> <laughs> well there's something else that happened on thursday that i kind of wanted to talk about and that's the uh the big power plant that was on fire thursday in ukraine oh yeah kind of talking with the wife about this and i guess there's a lot of shit going around on twitter about people worried about the giant explosion happening Mm -hmm. Uh, and like reading like what Zelensky actually said about the whole thing kind of it it seems like a bit of fear-mongering to me i mean granted it's not great to have a a power plant taking you know artillery shells but the type of fuel used in a nuclear power plant is way different than the type of fuel used to power an atom bomb yeah right yeah Oh, yeah. Like the whole point of a bomb is to take all that energy that's stored and release it immediately. If your power plant did that, it wouldn't last very long. Like a power plant wants to extract that slowly over time. So there's much different refining techniques used with that stuff. Like the danger of a power plant, like even Chernobyl, like it didn't explode necessarily. It was more like a pressure vessel that burst because uh, if you take away the cooling, then there's no way to remove the heat. And that just allows the, the pressure to continuously build until something finally ruptures. And that's the kind of, that's what the danger is. But a, a rupturing nuclear plant would, as Chernobyl did, spread radiation, but not not like a bomb. It would not be good. But I mean, how much how much damage did that actually do? Uh, certainly not the the damage that the bombs did in in say World War II Japan. Uh, right. They, right. They, they're pretty lush forests today. Yeah, even the fallout that was experienced across Europe really wasn't that bad. I don't think it's led to any like noticeable increase in cancer rates. Yeah, not not like that Nevada test bomb and <laughs> that killed John Wayne. <laughs> I'm not sure that I want to have this conversation anymore, but <laughs> Woo! off the rails. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is going down a direction. I'm not sure. I don't want to make light of this situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's scary as fuck. I don't think you need to be terrified of it, at least not like, you know, in Spain or <laughs> France. <laughs> I'm just laughing at your your stories and their tenuous grasp to financial affairs. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, I mean, this is kind of, this is what caused the big tank on uh, on Thursday. Like, if you look at what the markets did on Thursday night, like when this oh, yeah, statement yeah, came yeah. out, like it it fell a lot. Like this was a big story, right? Just the the general fear, yeah, that- and even the idea that you know somebody might actually target a fucking power plant with artillery is just. Not only ludicrous, but I, I mean, it's borderline insanity. Yeah. Well, I did read that article today. I think I told you that Putin himself has said that they don't wish any ill will towards Ukraine. They're not trying to hurt anybody in Ukraine. So drama over. Back to business as usual. Yeah. Was that the Was that the one where he's pleading for the easing of sanctions? Yeah. What's What's with these sanctions? Turn our stock market back on. 
I think uh, one of our users shared uh, on the Discord that clip of the uh, Russian news show where the Russian investor guy drinks to the death of the Russian stock market. <laughs> and the lady quickly cuts away from him. Like, that's too depressing. Stop it. I didn't see the clip with the, the subtitles. I just saw the... <laughs> I saw the one in Russia and, and like the look on her face when he like makes his toast was like, oh my God, <laughs> this poor woman. She's worried yeah. about being drug out back and shot. Yeah. Yeah. Curious to know what happened to that poor guy. <laughs> this whole thing is going off the rails too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Russian stock market is dead. Okay. Well, what else you got, Kyle? <laughs> kind of talked ourselves into a corner here. <laughs> I don't have anything else. I'm just pinning all my hopes on... And Powell being wrong again and the power plant story. <laughs> oh, wait, I do have one more thing. Yes. Okay. okay. Last week, we were kind of making fun of Musk again. Yeah. Uh, because of his, the SEC probe into him and his brother's, you know, uh, activities. Uh-huh. Uh, Got to give Musk some props for his actions this past week. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, we Ukraine do. came out and asked for access to Starlink because they have no internet there right now. And Musk uh, immediately gave them to, you know, the yep. access to their, their Starlink internet system. So Ukraine still has internet. Uh, not only that, but the, the next one was uh, with basically the Russia no longer sending our people to the space station. Uh, Musk casually popped up and was like, Hey, uh, you know, the dragon can do that. We're, we're still good. Right. Yeah. The Russia yeah, was, was being condescending. Like we were going to have to, yeah, like who's going to take you to space now? Well, on sticks and rocks, and <laughs> Musk is like, ah. luckily we have this. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I got this program that's been working pretty well. Right, it's a lot newer than your program. <laughs> <laughs> we we can land these things. Can you land yours yet? Yeah. Boom. Meanwhile, I made the joke too about Jeff Bezos sitting in his basement, <laughs> fuming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, uh, you know who else? In their basement fuming, Kyle. Hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Pew, pew. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, the person that did not call Sue Pullen when they needed help with the mortgage. Yeah, I knew it. And, and refinancing. Yep. Yeah, that person still fuming. Because as you know, Two Bulls in a China Shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. She's a certified mortgage advisor focusing on finding the right product for you and your needs. So don't be like Kyle sitting alone in his basement wishing Sue had done his mortgages. Got to give her a call. <laughs> it's like, the, uh, yeah, referencing you as if like you've ever gotten a mortgage yeah. that wasn't through Sue. <laughs> I think she's done all my mortgages. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's helped thousands of homeowners, whether it's purchase, refinance, even amazing, beautiful reverse mortgages. I highly recommend them. Sue will help. She's licensed in 27 <laughs> states. We don't make recommendations. <laughs> so reach out and see what Sue can do for you. Best way to reach out, reach her is to just give her a call, 520-977-7904, or you can give her an email, S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. That's S-Pullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number, 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number, 206048. And that phone one phone number one last time is 520-977-7904. You know who else uh, likes two bowls in a china shop? Mm, I do. Me. I'm the one. Trade Pro Academy does. Oh, shit. Two bowls in a china shop is proud to be affiliated with Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro Academy is the educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders. Translation. 
you can learn to trade like the big institutions. Uh, they've got a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders. There's no better place that we've found to learn everything you need to know to be a successful trader, or at least try to be. Uh, you can find them online at tradeproacademy.com, or you can use our affiliate link in the episode description. It's a great way to support the show and improve your own knowledge and skills. Absolutely. I've been rewatching some of their videos. It's just such solid stuff. Such Have you uh, stuff. checked out the new options course yet? Uh, no, I've been watching through the uh, options day trading course, though. Mm, nice. Maybe that one's the new one. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Uh, I also oh. uh, uh-huh. like to take a moment to add that the awesome Flary and Leo from Orderflow Labs were kind enough to share their toolkit for trading futures on Sierra charts with us. Uh, they have amazing custom studies mm-hmm. for structure and execution, buy, zel- buy sell zones, liquidity zones, exhaustion absorption detectors, reconstructed tape. They got something for everybody. If you're trading futures, they are constantly adding and testing new stuff. Uh, they offer a ton of support to help you use their tools, videos, Zoom calls, Discord channel. If you're trading futures, be sure to check them out at orderflowlabs.com. Basically, if you get their package, it's like having Flurry and Leo come over to your computer and draw all the zones that they're paying attention to. Yes. On your charts for you. That's, yes. That's, that's basically what it is. And who doesn't want a professional trader marking up your charts? Exactly. Exactly. Hey, guys, we spent years and years and years working on perfecting this stuff. Why don't you just try it out now? No. <laughs> uh, what's next? Um, I think next we got to talk about some some stocks let's do it now look at them bozos that's the way to do it do your investing up commission free that ain't working that's the way to do it money in something like the smp it ain't certain but that's the way to do it let me tell you just play it long Maybe get an index tracking marijuana. Maybe get some Arctic space fun. All right, Dan, what do you got? As far as stocks with news stories go, I've got a couple that uh, caught my eye. I I don't think we talked about it on the show, but uh, McDonald's is in the news over over a lawsuit. I and I I've been kind of following this. Yeah, another one. Yeah, go figure. And I've kind of been following this for a while. Like I said, uh, I I seem to recall maybe talking to you about it. Maybe we talked about this on the show. It would have been like over a year ago. There was a a company that started just to service McDonald's ice cream McFlurry machines, right? Okay. They noticed that the McFlurry machines were down and broken at your average McDonald's anywhere you go. The average one is going to have a broken down McFlurry machine. Okay. Uh, Somebody's... Uh, Somebody's getting too many McFlurries is what that sounds like. There's a, there's actually a McBroken website to track the McFlurries. Sorry, I may have, I misstated that. <laughs> Over 10% of machines bro- are broken down at any given time nationally. Gotcha. So it's a constant problem. And this company came in and was like, for, for franchise owners, they were like, hey, put this device on your machine. It's going to track all of the computer stuff and it'll alert you before the problem. And that way you won't have your machines broken down. And, Smart. Uh, Good right. for them. Yeah. Yeah. And they uh they got a bunch of sales and whatnot. And now the McDonald's company 
the corporation has said that uh, they sent out letters to all their franchise owners saying that this service violates privacy stuff uh, uh, for the McFlurry data. So the data that they're scooping to, to alert the franchise owner of what's going on. Yeah. So basically, McDonald's put the hammer down and publicly um, you know, called out this company for what it was doing. Kitsch Solution. K-Y-T-C-H. So now Kitsch has filed a lawsuit saying uh, that they, the company, that McDonald's not only hurt their image by claiming that they were, they were stealing data from these franchises. What data is there to steal from the McFlurry machine? Good question. And then they're also <laughs> a part of the, <laughs> part of the lawsuit is that they claim McDonald's has, uh, has been attempting to acquire a device to reverse engineer it. Yes, but but yes, you you bring up the million dollar question is, why is the McFlurry machine data so fucking important? Like, we don't want people to know what temperature this sugar milk water is. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, God, they're going to find out. And then somebody else is going to make a McFlurry machine to make McFlurries that doesn't break all the time and need servicing from our proprietary (laughs) company. Oh, the horror. (laughs) <laughs> oh, the horror. But I thought uh, a fun story and a great reason to bring up uh, McDonald's stock chart. Uh, yeah, this is actually one of the few big name companies I don't think I've marked up yet. So I've just been drawing some lines while you're chatting there. Yeah. Looking pretty bearish, huh? Very bearish. Uh, and the last time I was looking at this stock was the summer of t- 2021 because it was breaking into new all time highs. And I mm-hmm. actually drew a zone that it broke and retested it's just now broken through that zone a year later like the bearish momentum on the stock right around 238 yeah yeah i drew i I drew a box from 235 to 238 i drew that box when i first started the trade pro stuff this one's interesting because volume has really been kicking up and there's a lot of a lot of dojis and a lot of long-tailed candles it looks like it looks like people are trying to buy it as it's fallen but just uh, hasn't quite found that support yet. Check out the volume on the weekly candle. Yep, still increasing. Some increasing sell volume here. It looks a lot more bearish on that weekly chart. Yeah, I actually think that on the on the daily, you can see it. We're at the break. We're right now as we speak retesting this level. So is this level going to be resistance or support? The uh, two thirty eight. Yeah. Uh, is, is it going to hold as, as resistance or is it going to break through and then become support? I mean, this thing's been falling pretty, pretty fast and pretty hard. You got to think some kind of bounce is going to happen, whether that be the 238 or maybe even the next one up where the volume starts to dip off in the volume profile around 245. Uh, and then there's another, I mean, before that break to all time highs that you were watching back in last summer, there was a lot of consolidation in between 238 and 230. So you got to really keep an eye on this 230 level too, I think. The uh, and it well, it's, and it, I'm pleased you brought up 245 because that's those are the only two things on this chart that survived, for, and it's because of the volume profile. Like that 245, yeah, was was really big, and we broke through, and it didn't. It kind of like it broke through, and then it broke back up, and then it gapped down below and stayed below. So we didn't get mm-hmm. a what I would call a real clean retest of it. But the, these levels, it's a, it's amazing how important these levels can be when they push over into the future. Yeah. Yep. Definitely bearish on McDonald's. Just watching for a retest of one of these levels to maybe make a, a trade. Yeah, well I, I'm I'm really put biased at the moment and I want to see the two thirty eight hold and buy some puts and hello to two twenties would be the hope. <laughs> 
Sounds good to me. All right. Uh, I mentioned uh, British Petroleum. Uh, yes. Uh, at the opening of the show. So uh, they announced on, okay, this was Sunday. They announced Sunday, they dumped its 20% stake in the Russian oil giant Rosneft, Rosneft, R-O-S-N-E-F-T. Uh, BP CEO Bernard Looney and former CEO Bob Dudley are also standing down at the immediate effect from the board. They'd served alongside the Rosneft CEO Igor Sutchin, close ally, close ally of uh, Vladimir Putin. So BP, which had called itself one of the biggest foreign investors in Russia, said the changes would lead to the company taking a material charge in its first quarter earnings. Uh, its operating profit in 2025 would be about $2 billion lower than forecast as a result of the accounting changes. So yeah, this is not a great time to go long on BP for a bet pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking at the BP chart, and it's so painful too, because this was, I've been watching this for a march up to hit 36 again, and it was making that move, and then it just kind of arrested itself. Um, looking at the daily though, uh, there's a, you can draw a nice trend line from the lows uh, going back in like December of 20, and it's still respecting that pretty well. So yeah, maybe this is a, a bottomish area. Nice doji on the daily today. I got the weekly candles and I'm seeing that trend line. From Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill from from november yeah it looks a lot cleaner on the weekly yeah it's it's still bullish it is but it's until that trend line breaks it's hard to be bullish with that kind of news coming out well maybe you know you you hope that everybody's done selling <laughs> everybody who's gonna be selling. a lot of volume on this week's candle yeah um yeah that's something to keep an eye on though watch that trend line and see uh if, um, if it's gonna respect that still and hold that as support or if it's gonna break below if it breaks below then we gotta start looking for other supports which would probably be let's see around 24 25 area yeah it's got a hold above 26 half next week to to remain on on that trend line yeah yep so i'll be watching that closely ultimately yeah what 20 half got a big line down there 20 half yeah that seems reasonable that's also too right about where the volume starts to dip off on the volume profile mm -hmm. yeah if it falls below this trend line then it's coming into an area where a lot of volume is traded because it's spent basically since since 2020 since the fall it's basically been in this in this 20 to 28 range yeah only spent a couple months below there or when it was in the $15 area and it's just been up ever since. Okay. Oh, why you got to do me like that BP? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could have, could have picked a nice American company like I did. I thought the British were, everyone loves the British. Yeah. I picked a nice American company. You didn't. Chesapeake Energy. I picked the dad of America. <laughs> America's dad. <laughs> I saw, I saw a story uh, about the uh ev startup rivian mm. they they decided that you know they've got all these people that pre-ordered and they put money down on buying a car at a, at a specific price they said why mm -hmm. not up those prices that, that was the whole point of pre-ordering was to get your prices locked in how the fuck do they do that yeah exactly so they uh they they hiked up the prices on pre-ordered vehicles and experienced a little bit of a backlash 
lot of people canceling their pre-orders uh, in anger. One, one gentleman, I think, said the cost of his vehicle went from $87,700 to $100,700. Yeah, I'd be really pissed. <laughs> not, not happy. So they decided, Kyle, you'll be pleased to know, they decided to roll back the price hikes. Yeah, probably because most of those were canceled. Yeah. <laughs> right. Rivian CEO RJ Scaringe, Scaringe, I don't know. I like scringe. Apologize to customers in a letter published. I like cringe, yes. <laughs> <laughs> published Thursday. Uh, quote, I've made a lot of mistakes since starting, starting Rivian more than 12 years ago, but this one has to have been the most painful. I am truly star- sorry. Trust is hard to build and easy to break. We're sorry. In, in speaking with many of you over the last two days, I fully realize and acknowledge how upset many of you felt. This is, uh, this is reminiscent of the boss and uh, Christmas vacation, in my opinion. How did you get a bonus? I cut back bonuses. How'd you get a car for 67000 I raised the price to seventy nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought I raised those prices. But... <laughs> like, how did you not see this kind of backlash coming? Like, you're a fucking idiot. They, yeah, right. And they tried to, they tried to play it off. Uh, uh, the, their chief growth officer uh, said the rise, this rise in cost and complexity due to the, the these challenging circumstances necessitate an increase to the prices of our of the R1T and the R1S models we offer today. Prices which were originally set in 2018. Yeah, so no, so not only have people been waiting four <laughs> years to get their fucking vehicle, <laughs> now you're going to charge them for the for their their patience <laughs> for for inflation. Like, look, you're not Tesla. You're not the market leader. You can't do shit like that. <laughs> no, no, they can't. Uh, there were points uh, when Rivian was valued more than Volkswagen, Ford, and GM in 2021, but their stock is pretty down. What's the uh, the ticker? RVIN? RIVN. RIVN. Oh, yeah. They had that nice IP. This is uh, why you don't buy uh, the IPOs unless you're looking to turn them around really fast. Really fast. Yeah. They they IPO'd uh, at around 100, 106. Yep. Spiked up to uh, 180 almost. Yeah. Yeah. 179. Uh, and then, yeah, now they are down to 4739. Uh, they started the week at 68.15. So this has been a crushing week to their stock. And they've got earnings <laughs> next this week. Yep, it's on my list. Uh, yeah, the stock uh, the stock this week also just made an important milestone. It's now lower than it's ever been before. So that means everyone who's ever bought this stock is now losing money. Yes, <laughs> all time low, <laughs> uh, which immediately makes me want to buy puts for sure. Kind of, yeah, especially with their earnings coming up. That might be one that I'd be willing to gamble on. Well, here's here's why I don't think it's as much of a gamble, Kyle. They just tried to raise prices on their vehicles and had exactly. to walk them back. How great of an earnings call could this possibly be? It can't be very good, especially if now they're going to have a bunch of fucking cancellations. Because you know not everybody is going to sit through that uh, that price raise. Right. And when they say, oh, okay, just kidding, they're not going to be like, oh, okay, you can keep my business. I've sat around for four years waiting for this vehicle. I guess I can wait another six. <laughs> right. It's not like they can't go out and buy a Tesla tomorrow or a Ford electric tomorrow right. or a Nissan electric or Chevy electric. Like- well, Rivian makes, uh, Rivian makes vans, though, don't they? I think that's the difference between. Yes. They, uh, they, do, they do make uh, vans and, and trucks. Oh, that was their pickup truck. Pickup truck and SUV. Okay. All right. 
I'm looking at what the cost of these puts are, and it looks like a lot of other people had the same idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Volatility is way up. You get, yeah. Volatility is way up. And at the money put uh, expiring on the 18th of March is 510, 555 bid-esque. Oh, wow. But this might be a case where a uh, spread really might be the right play. I don't know. I'll be looking at that Monday. I, I can tell you I don't know what's below besides zero. But uh, I do. I uh, looking looking here on the daily. I do like fifty three as a pullback. If you're if you're if I was looking for an entry on those puts, I would be hoping to see some buy in move it up. Maybe, maybe fifty. I would be looking at fifty first. Yeah, I'd be looking at fifty first, and then then fifty three is like the next. If you want to like split up your entry, yeah. But I mean, earnings are on the tenth. That's I imagine this is gonna. This is going to sink into earnings. And then probably bounce off to earnings because the market is irrational. Because <laughs> everyone already sold it. No, now they have no, to close it out. No, they're going to give bad guidance and some bag holders are going to give up and call the market rigged sell off. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you, got a, you got another stock for us? Uh, last one was GE. I wanted to look at. Uh, I might have jumped the gun on this. I picked up a couple calls right before or a couple hours before close. If I had waited about another 15, 20 minutes, I could have gotten them for about two thirds of the price. But, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. Um, looking at the daily, it's come down to this 89 to 87 area where it's consistently found support since back in mid-December. And it was shaping up to have a real nice long tail. And it kind of it looks like it did end up closing with that tail. So I like seeing that rejection there. Uh, I picked this up hoping to see a nice bounce. I got a support line drawn around 92, which would be like the first profit target. And then maybe to see if it can ultimately push back up above 96 to 98 range. That would be my ultimate take profit on that idea. And then I've got a support at just below 86, around 85 half. That would be my, okay, this is wrong. Cut it. Oh yeah. No, I like it. I've got a, I've had a ton of lines drawn on GE for a while. Yeah, and I like the idea of trying to do something with utilities. I've been watching XLU, which is the the S and P sector for utilities, and it is. Remember, we we're talking about this last week or a couple of days ago, and I was telling you that this would be a good one to play at practice trading options on because it should have the contract should be really cheap because it's a, a fund. It shouldn't be expecting to move all that much. Mm-hmm. I like the way it was near the bottom of its channel, and it just fucking shot up this week. It's it's coming yeah. up to the top of that channel now. It's about two-thirds of the way there. So I like the strength that utilities are seeing. The utility fund, if you map all of them out against the S&P, you'll see that utilities had been at the bottom, uh, at least for the last few years. And if we're expecting rotations to continue happening as people prepare for what seems to be like less of a bull market, I don't want to say the uh, the bad words, uh, <laughs> this would be one of the sectors that they'd be moving into. <laughs> yeah. And, and since the, the COVID drop of 2020, it's it's formed a nice yeah, it's no longer the bottom of that uh, that group. Yeah. It's now second from the bottom and making its way up nicely. So GE falls into that sector, and that's one of the reasons why I, I got it on my watch list. I like it. Uh, the other thing I like is draw, motherfucker. No, it's time for crypto. Oh, I don't get to do earnings? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, do your, do your earnings. Do your earnings thing. All right. Uh, not a whole lot to really choose from. On the 8th, we've got Dick Sporting Goods and Stitch Fix. The ninth, we've got Campbell Soups and uh, CrowdStrike. <laughs> I just pluralized Campbell Soups. I feel like Squirrely Dan. There you go. <laughs> uh, on the tenth, <laughs> we've got Rivian, 
Blink Energy, Oracle, and DocuSign, and nothing really notable on Friday. Think about playing some options strangles on those earnings after I've talked to Kevin. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's talk about some crypto. Let's do it. Look at the news. What do you see? The cult of cryptocurrency. Hey, did we, did we, have we mentioned on this show that uh, Russia invaded Ukraine? Did we go over that at all? Uh, a little, little bit. Uh, why is that? Is it making its way back? There have been uh, calls for blanket bans on Russian users of crypto platforms. Yeah, that's kind of like goes against the whole. Yeah, the whole, the whole mythos of the whole crypto. philosophy of crypto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> uh, well, there has been pushback from Coinbase and Binance, mm-hmm. even though you know, people are probably rightfully pointing out uh, there are R- Russia can use crypto as a way around Russian uh, Western sanctions. Not completely well, as a way around, but it's a possibility. No, but this just goes to show why the government's so keen on trying to institute some sort of regulations on on cryptos. Exactly. Um, Some anti-money laundering experts and European regulators say crypto weakens their attempts to isolate Moscow because the idea is to just completely isolate them from any of the global financial system. But Coinbase CEO uh, Brian Armstrong said in a series of tweets, we believe everyone deserves access to basic financial services unless the law says otherwise. The exchange, however, would enforce such a blanket ban if the U.S. government decides to oppose one. But they're not going to unilaterally freeze millions of innocent users' accounts. No, and they shouldn't. Uh, Do you have ways of tying somebody's wallet to an actual person? Like, isn't that like the whole, the anonymity of crypto, like one of the key... Like, how how do you know they're Russian? How do you know they're Russian? How do you know they're, you know, the people that you're trying to sanction? Because like, sanctions are kind of law, right? Yeah. So like, the law is saying that these people need to have their assets frozen, like certain ones. Like, I feel like we need a crypto expert to explain this to us. Yes. And they'll call (laughs) us as soon as they're done talking to the White House, I'm sure. Right. (laughs) Right. But that, that also it ties well together with the second story of <laughs> Bitcoin is up and the number of Russian users is up. That's not shocking. Not shocking because uh, it looks like, you know, your common everyday Russian person that doesn't want their entire life savings blinked away into nothingness can put it into Bitcoin, right? And right. Then it doesn't matter how far the ruble falls, they're they're protected. I'll bet you... When we talked to uh, uh, Jared again, I, I'd like to ask him if he would have been happy to have this sort of option uh, back when he experienced the uh, the big collapse of the Icelandic bank and and their currency. Yeah, because it, it's sounding very similar to what like he had to go through. Right, <laughs> flying to going to Spain to take out money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so so it's been interesting because Bitcoin has been just correlating with tech stocks pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, not seen as digital gold in in function, just to inform you know people want it right and think of it as digital gold as inflation hedge, but it has not been. I think we proved that this year. Yes, yes, it's been pretty pretty much proven that correlation. Uh, but now the correlation isn't as strong. 
because of all the mm-hmm. influx of war nations buying crypto. Ukraine, I saw the, the numbers of Bitcoin donations. Um, I, I think I want to say like in the, in the 50 millions now. That's it's up there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 really crazy to see Bitcoin playing a role in a modern war conflict. Oh, man, I wish we were smart enough to have anticipated that. Right. I mean, Bitcoin's almost doubled since February, uh, late February. What's what's Bitcoin at right now? I should load up the chart. huh? Uh, I'm just looking at the chart they had on here. It was around 46, uh, between 46,000 and 48,000. It was as low as uh, below 28. Oh, no, this is a different. I don't know what the, uh, this must be Bitcoin to ruble exchange rate. Ah, uh, yeah, I was gonna say I'm looking at the weekly on Bitcoin. I guess I guess it was a couple weeks ago. It was at thirty four thousand. Now it's at thirty nine. Forty five thousand held as uh, resistance this week. Oh yeah, looks like there's been a pretty big sell off lately. Yeah, I guess I should have pulled this up before I started the uh, story. Yeah. And disregard what I was just saying a minute ago. Oh. <laughs> Remember to look at the units on your charts, fellas. Right. <laughs> they can really paint a fucked up picture. Right. Uh, I will say, though, from February 28th to March 2nd, we saw it go from 37,000 up to 45,000. That's pretty big. That's a pretty substantial move, yeah. So, yeah, Bitcoin's been essentially flat over the last month. NASDAQ 100 is still down 4%. So Bitcoin's out, out doing tech right now. All right, Dan, have you got anything else? Draw, motherfucker. Okay. I got you. I already shot you when you did the Supolin ad. God damn it. (laughs) All right, I'll go first. All right, Dan, my good for the week. Uh, This revolves around me trying to get a bot running. This is going to be a bit of a theme here. So I was trying to get my bot going uh, using the Joel zones that Robert and our Discord help us, uh, the study that he helped us create. Mm Mm-hmm. By doing that, like I've basically had just a single 20 tick range bar running of the ES. And I noticed that it feels like, like I'm seeing things a lot, like a lot clearer of a picture. Like when I picked my levels this morning and posted in the Discord, I, I had like the, the turnaround point. I basically called the low. Yeah. And it, it feels like I'm seeing the forest now and not just staring at the sap on the trees. By, by taking that step back and not looking at all the other, like the DOM, the dot charts, the shorter time frame, or like it just goes to show like how important it is sometimes to take a step back and look at the whole picture or to just cut some of the noise out. Yeah. So I'm kind of liking like what I've been seeing and I may, I may actually try to trade just based off of this 20 tick range chart and just see how that works. Like I think the term that's been, we've been uh, calling it as a, uh, um, intraday swings rather than <laughs> trying to scalp smaller moves like try to play like the bigger moves and trade more yes. with the style like the guys at order flow labs use and and some of the other fellows in our discord yeah or even just using it to trade you know spy options you know i am a fan of that like the the profit potential on a spy option is not that not nearly as much as you know a futures trade but also the risk is a lot less too that brings me to my good uh i started paper trading a strategy before I threw money at it. Ah, yeah. How many times have we said to do that? And how many times do we actually do that? Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> what was the strategy? Uh, I'm trying to do the, the scalp that Sarah Glass was talking about. Mm-hmm. Which one was that? The, the spy scalp where uh, I open it up in the morning and make a judgment call on whether I think it's going to revisit the overnight high or the overnight low. So it's like 90% chance it's going to hit one or the other 
I think she said eighty percent chance. Eighty percent. Okay. Eighty percent chance is gonna it's gonna hit one or the other. So how'd you do? I did really well on Thursday and uh, did not do so well. Yes, today. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you uh, are you journaling uh, the the paper trades too? Like treating it like a real trade or? Yes, nice. I am. I am journaling. God, that's two goods. Yeah. Right. Right. That's why it's it's my why it's my good. If you got two goods, you get to skip a bad, I think, right? Yes, that's how it works. I didn't have I had <laughs> bads this week, but uh, I don't need to divulge them because you know I had two goods. <laughs> no. Uh, speaking of bads, uh, so I mentioned putting the bot live this week. The bot should have had four trades on the week. It should have had three wins and one loss for like a net gain of twenty six points. Uh, It missed every single one of those trades, though, because the operator apparently doesn't know what he's doing and either didn't have things enabled right or didn't have his start a day. There's just a bunch of (laughs) things that I've been working through trying to get this thing to actually trade when it's supposed to. Oh, man. So you had the bot on, but it wasn't actually initiating the trades? Yeah. The first one I missed was actually a loss. And then I went back and looked and realized that the way I set the start a day actually had it starting like in the afternoon. Oh, wow. So I think I got that worked out because I wanted to set up an auto flatten. I don't want it going into the the 15 minute close and holding anything at that point. Good call. Good call. Or on like Friday. Yeah. When basically there's nothing until Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I think because of that, and then I think the second time was, uh, I think I restarted Sierra and forgot to re-enable it. And then it missed, you know, the other two. The first one it missed, that was a good one. It missed because I got up late and didn't actually turn it on until after that zone had been revisited. But no, <laughs> it was just all around kind of annoying. Uh, the good thing was, though, that uh, I did find out that my computer was going to sleep uh, at night after a couple hours. And that could have been really bad if it actually wasn't a trade. So I maybe jumped the gun trying to go live on this a little early before I work through all the issues. Mm hmm. Because I feel like that one could have been easily prevented. <laughs> like, let's let's turn off the sleep function on the computer. The other thing that you need to watch out for is Windows updates that force a restart. Yeah, and I got that. Uh, oh, shit, I have to go set that meter connection again. Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would not be good either. Like, I almost need an alert to my phone whenever the computer loses internet. Right? Uh, <laughs> I got a fucking bot trading. I need to make sure that thing's on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there is I do, uh, that is my goal for this weekend is to get that uh, phone app set up to where it'll send me an alert anytime it makes a trade. So at least then I'll know to go, okay, let's go check the computer and make sure that uh, it's doing what it's supposed to do. So, so what was your bad, Dan? My bad was I overtraded this week. Not, that, not that I like made a bunch of bad trades, but I was, was at the beginning of the week, it was my intent to, to have exited all my trades and because i want to get ready i'm going to give myself some sort of challenge i'm working through the details of it Mm -hmm. but uh that i'm going to track and and present through the discord and the podcast and and whatnot and i just kept finding reasons like oh no oh yeah oh i'll I'll buy this idex (laughs) strangle yeah oh yeah we'll talk sitting on discord talking with viren looking at capital one talk about butterflies yeah i'll buy a naked call no problem (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. So like, looking back at it this week, it was like, oh, Dan, you shouldn't have made any of those trades. Doesn't matter, green or red. You just, you shouldn't have. You were just, I like to be trading, Kyle. I, it's bad. And I got yeah. I got to work on that. Well, speaking of Capital One, I think that's my ugly. And it's not the trade itself. I still like the trade. I like the idea that went behind it. I like the analysis that went into it. I think it was a good try. Uh, the problem was that today, 
136 failed. Yeah. And that was like the level of support that we needed it to hold in order to see those calls pay off. And I did not exit the position. Me neither. <laughs> but, but what makes this ugly is not just that. It was that at the end of the day, Friday, as I was going through and updating my spreadsheets, I realized what I was doing and that this had turned into a hope trade. So I, I thought, okay, I better set a sell limit and try to get this thing sold. Uh, but I set the sell limit way too high. And I think I did that subconsciously to try to keep the position held. Now, on the plus side, I didn't enter a full position on it. Yeah. But yeah, I think just all around, like the the, the exiting of that was not not well done. Like I still think it's going to bounce, but now it's, I think, and not, uh, I have evidence to back that up. I did the exact same thing, like without even oh, consulting you, you. Really? Yeah. Where I was like this morning, I was like, well, I should just dump these. And, and I was, and I, I put, I put it, it's like, well, it'll have, it'll have a bounce up. So I'll get a little bit more than where it's mm -hmm. at. And I just left it. And so I'm still holding. And it's like, you yeah. know, if when I when my brain says dump it, I need to just dump it. I need to not be like, well, I can squeeze a few more pennies out of this. Right. No, move on. <laughs> Yeah. Trade, trade over. <laughs> yeah, we should have moved on. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. So now, regardless of whatever happens on Monday, like this is not a good trade, even if it does end up being profitable. Oh, yeah. Miracle. Capital One could shoot up to 150 <laughs> this weekend. Yeah. Doesn't make it a good trade. <laughs> well, speaking of you making bad trades, uh, is it time to talk about the bet? Oh, I don't even... Who? How do you go first? I don't even remember how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to go long GE, but I think a better trade would be to, I think I'd rather short HZNP. You're going to short HZNP? Yes. Okay. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my stop at, uh, we'll say 102, just put it right above the 200-day EMA. And I want a take profit at, uh, let's say, 90 to start. All right. And 85 is the, the stretch goal. Well... I, uh, I'm not going to short anything because I like uh, being a contrarian, I guess. I'm looking at, uh, <laughs> ConocoPhillips, COP. Ah, uh, I think that's a good one. Uh, yeah. Oil energy as a sector is just hot right now. They hit all time highs on Thursday, dipped down a little bit, got a little bit higher on Friday and ended, ended the day. Mm -hmm six cents off of their all-time high. Their all-time high is $100.34. They ended the day at $100.27. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go long and I'm going to put my stop at 95. Well, Dan, breaking new ground, going long oil in the middle of a conflict that's threatening the oil supplies. Yeah. Very original. I know. Oh. <laughs> you got to take profit. I'm a fucking rebel. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take profit at 110. That's exactly the number I was typing in as you said it. <laughs> All right. Uh, you ready for a random? Yes. 
All right, this one's a blast from the past. Uh, WWR, Westwater Resources. Oh, our old friend. Yes. Trading, I think it's, a, what, $2? Under 2 now? Yeah, it's not been good. Well, I suppose if you want to get into it, this would probably be getting close to the, the bottom. I suppose yeah. $1.50 would be a better entry. Oh, 50 cents would be. It's just been riding that EMA cloud down, down, down. <laughs> Yeah, look at that. All right, good. Maybe uh, Random can lose all its fucking money. It's about time. I, do, I don't have hope for this stock. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this will be the time when it announces that it partnered with Tesla to supply all their battery materials. Right, right. <laughs> Shoots up to $5. <laughs> Back up to $10. we are we are getting, we are getting bought out. Yay. God. <laughs> That would be our luck. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ray, you better pick another movie for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Kyle is short HZNP. I'm long COP. And Random's got WWR. Ooh, it's going to be a great week next week. Can't wait to get to it. But until then, we've got to kick you out of the shop. Lovely, lovely having you. But yeah. uh, got to close up eventually. Any parting words of wisdom today, Kyle? I don't know why you keep coming to me for wisdom. Don't shit into the wind. <laughs> Never get involved in a land war in Asia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. See, you, you do have the wisdom. I fucking knew it this whole time. And Never go against a Sicilian when death is on the line. When death is on the line. All right, folks. You have a great day. <laughs> Happy trades. <laughs> Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.